You're listening to the Faith Unpacked Podcast. Welcome back to the Faith Unpacked Podcast with Jason and Jamie. This is episode 194, and today Jason and I are going to pick up where we left off back in episode 191, talking about the topic of forgiveness. And we spent some time on what is forgiveness? Why is it important? What does it look like? And we really want to double down on that a little further and just look at the the bigger picture. What What is forgiveness? Uh, how do we theologically understand it? And what is the significance of it? Because Jason, we would agree that there is an incredible gospel application, uh, or let me say that a different way. There is an incredible gospel impact uh, that that forgiveness certainly plays and has a affect on you know those around us. It, it is to say that I, I think it's a, a I think you could absolutely say that. To fail to forgive uh, would be to absolutely rob any gospel witness in your life. And I, I think that's a true statement. If we fail to forgive, it would literally rob any gospel impact uh, that our life could have on others. Why? Because it's very counter-gospel, right? It's very opposite of uh, the truth that we believe and hold true and so we want to look at that and we want to look at some practical steps and tools. How do we um, practically go about forgiving? We recognize that saying words is easy, but having a heart, mind, and attitude that is in line with those words is much more difficult. And I totally get it. We're, we're not here in either episode 191, which by the way, if you haven't listened to it, Go back, listen to that, because uh, certainly we're just building off of that as well. But we're not here to say that, oh, forgiveness is always easy. I, I think there's a real recognition. Anybody who's lived probably longer than maybe 10 years has encountered a situation where forgiveness becomes difficult. In some cases, it's subtle. In some cases, it's very obvious. In some cases, it's it's very much warranted, uh, the, the struggle that is, because of what's been done to us or done around us or that we've been forced to participate or be party to. And, and so it's easy, Jason, especially when you feel justified in your unforgiveness. Like, I've been legitimately wronged and yet... I have to face, you know, the words of Jesus and the encouragement of Scripture as it relates to forgiveness. And I think it's fair to say we've certainly seen a lot of times where the desire to forgive is much farther behind uh, the the action or the understanding of of what is the right thing to do. And so, Jason, uh, where do we begin, really, to think about this through a holistic biblical lens? I think you're absolutely right that this this is central to the gospel, and you know, as Christians, we to to be a Christian means that we have been forgiven in 
the most radical way possible, that all our sins have been paid for by Christ, that he absorbed the wrath of God in our place so that we can be forgiven entirely. And so this is part of our identity, that we have been forgiven in this way. And so that means, you know, just like we see in the parable of the unforgiving servant, if we really understand the grace we've received and the forgiveness we've received, then we must forgive. That, that's just, that's got to be part of our DNA, part of our understanding of who we are, that we are those who forgive even even the most heinous wrongs you can imagine. Um, because whatever we must forgive, God has forgiven so much more in us. And, um, you know, I think that that's the first step is that humility that comes with forgiveness is recognizing we ourselves are, are sinners. We have wronged others. And not only not only have we needed God's forgiveness, but we've needed forgiveness from others. Uh, we have all wronged one another. And and then also with that, the recognition that God has poured out his grace and lavished his forgiveness and love on us, uh, because that gives us the fortitude to be able to forgive those who wrong us and be able to say, look, this this is how amazing it is to be forgiven. This experience of being accepted in Christ is just so tremendous that uh, that now I want to forgive others. and. Um, and we'll talk about how that can look in practice in a bit. But one of the things I wanted to do also, Jamie, was talk a little bit about the, the we'll call them the uh, bad <laughs> replacements for forgiveness. Like when people talk about forgiveness, sometimes what they're actually talking about is, is not forgiveness, even though they use the word forgiveness. Um, but one example would be excusing the wrong done by others. Um, you know, this is one where, you know, we, we will often do this very casually where someone will, will wrong us and, and we'll, you know, even be approached by that person maybe, or, you know, they'll say, oh, I'm, I, I wanted to apologize for what I did. And what we typically want to say is, oh, there's nothing to be forgiven. You know, it's no big deal. Uh, water under the bridge. Don't worry about it. But what we're actually doing is we're robbing that opportunity right there to express true forgiveness, but also to call out something as being wrong, right? And and this is this is something that is an important component of forgiveness is you're not excusing sin when you forgive someone. In fact, uh, C.S. Lewis has this great passage in his book, um, The Weight of Glory, and, and he talks about in his, there's an essay, I think it's called On Forgiveness. And he talks about how he realized that when he had been talking about forgiveness for the longest time, he had been actually thinking of being ex, of, of excusing sin. And, and he, he writes this, but there's all the difference in the world between forgiving and excusing. Forgiveness says, yes, you have done this thing, but I accept your apology. I will never hold it against you. And everything between the the two of us will be exactly as it was before. But excusing says, I see that you couldn't help it or didn't mean it. You weren't really to blame. So right there, you know, when we are saying it's not a big deal or we're saying you didn't, you didn't, you have no need for forgiveness. We're actually excusing. We're not, we're not following through with what should happen in that moment. Um, obviously people make mistakes and I'm not talking about that type of thing so much, but when people actually do wrong you, they do something that 
uh, well, they sin against you. Um, and then the other the other way we we have a bad replacement for forgiveness is we we say something like this: um, "I'll forgive you, but I won't forget." And what we really mean by that is, I'm going to hold this over your head, even though outwardly I'll say I'm forgiving you, but inwardly I kind of hope you pay for this. <laughs> and that that that's actually um, that's that's bitterness, that's vengeance, and it's it's cloaked in the words of forgiveness, um, but it, it really it truly isn't forgiveness when you are still harboring thoughts. And and I'm not saying like forgiveness, like like total mental loss of memory. But what I am saying is when you're harboring thoughts of what has been done against you and that controls the way you think about that person so that it's you're not what you're not willing. They're good. You're not hoping for their best. You're not actually loving them because you're not wanting them to succeed and to do well in life. You're hoping that something bad happens to them. Um and and yet you're saying outwardly, I'm not actually going to act on my vengeance, but quietly I'm going to hope that something happens. Um, so it's important to call out these because I think they kind of, you know, you could you can find many more bad replacements for forgiveness in between those two extremes. But essentially, you know, in the first case, there's there's this downplaying of sin and and we're not able to um forgive outwardly in that case we're not we're not showing that forgiveness is even necessary and in the second case we are maybe outwardly forgiving but inwardly we're not at all forgiving um and so there's there's actually no inward forgiveness and and david pallison uh, has written a good book called good and angry uh i can recommend it but he, I think he makes a helpful clarification or d- distinction between inward forgiveness and outward forgiveness. And inward forgiveness is about forgiving from the heart. Uh, that's, that's obviously, that's the first step. That has to precede outward forgiveness. Outward forgiveness is, is more about are you reconciled to that person? And are you, um, are you showing forgiveness outwardly? So, so you can think of it like this. The inward forgiveness is about the attitude of your heart. And the outward forgiveness is about what does your relationship with that person now look like? You can't always reconcile with people. Sometimes the person who's wronged you is is dead or they're far away or they're not interested in repenting. But um, you can inwardly forgive those who have wronged you, even if even if reconciliation doesn't happen. And um, and talking about that, I think, is a, a good place to begin. Yeah. And, then, you know, Jason, this matches really well um, what we see in the nature and character of God a lot. Obviously, he resolved our sin, our trespass against him. Right. That's what we need to recognize is all of our sin was against God directly. So mm-hmm. when we sin against a brother, we sin against a sister, we do something sinful or dishonest or uh, of bad character, we always think of the sin as being against that person, which is true, it is. But more fundamentally, it's also against God himself. And yet 
while we sinned and while we were sinners, as Romans 3 puts it, Christ still died for us. That God went to the cross with full knowledge of all of our sin. And you recognize, Jason, our sin ultimately is drawn up in rebellion itself. That we don't just sin by sinning. Uh, we sinned ultimately and first and foremost in terms of rebelling against God, right? We've said God is um, I want to be God. I want to be my own little G God, and I want to rebel against God, and I want to do what I want to do. And you see that a lot, right? Obviously, you see that in the Genesis 3 narrative where sin enters into um, the, the story of human history, but you see it in lots of lots of places. Um, one that always stands out to me is in uh, John 3. Uh, of course, you got John 3.16, the beautiful presentation of the gospel but in John 3, 19, just a few verses later, it says that light came into the world and men loved darkness rather than the light because our deeds were evil. Mm -hmm. And boy, it's one of those verses you reflect on and it's not fun to sit with that, right? That, that my trespass against the Lord was I said, I don't want your truth. I don't want you. I want my evil. And yet, with full knowledge of that, Jesus went and died. Mm -hmm. That is the most profound picture of forgiveness there is, where literally we're saying, I don't want you. I don't want your forgiveness. I don't want reconciliation. I don't want any of it. And yet, Jesus still goes to the cross and dies. That's profound. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely the opposite, Jason, of what we're talking about. The, the character and nature of God that says, I'm going to go to the cross, even though you're literally spitting in my face mm -hmm. to reconcile you, to, to bring forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's exactly right. I mean, the way to even begin to think about this and the, the basis for all our forgiveness has got to be rooted in what Christ did for us. And, and honestly, you know, that's really the problem with a lot of these secular views of forgiveness, because it's not just Christians that, that have advocated forgiveness. You know, there, there have been, you know, Buddhists, for example, who have said forgiveness is the path to peace. And uh, there've been, you know, just uh, secular, uh, secular positions that have said, well, you want to forgive because that that's how you'll, you'll find inner wholeness. And, and, and otherwise you're just, you're afflicting yourself if you don't forgive. And while that is true as far as it goes, and yes, you do have inner peace as you learn to forgive. The reality is that is a poor substitute for being motivated by love for God who first loved us, knowing his love for us. Uh, that's how we can love others and how we can forgive others. Knowing his love for us and, and motivating, being motivated to forgive others because of that love. Um, because, you know, when you think about it, if you're just forgiving others because, oh, well, it'll, it'll make me feel better in the long run, you're actually loving yourself in that form of forgiveness. 
Um, that's that's kind of a it's it's a way of saying this is therapeutically going to be good for me if I forgive. Um, or if you're struggling to forgive, you know, on the opposite end of the spectrum, you know, when you're you just want to hold it over people, or you're you're saying, uh, you know, forgiveness leads to injustice. You know, you're 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 not willing to forgive because you want to see justice meted out. Once again, you are not looking at it from God's perspective because God fully reconciled justice and forgiveness in the cross of Christ, and He didn't sweep our sin under the rug. He didn't excuse it. Right? God didn't just make, wave a magic wand and say, "Okay, sinners are going to be forgiven now." You know that that's not how it works. He he took justice fully into account, and that is why his son had to die in such a brutal and 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 horrible way because he was absorbing the wrath of God. He was being uh, he was bearing the judgment that our sins deserve, and so justice was not overlooked. Uh, and and until we realize that, until we realize that God has dealt with the big question of how does how do we have justice, ultimate justice, then we are going to think that it's up to us to make sure people get their comeuppance. Um, that's that's how our minds work. We will 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 penalize others in different ways, um, just because we haven't yet experienced, at least not in the fullest way, we haven't experienced the grace God has for us and the way He's he's taking care of the justice that was owed to us. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's, that's so crucial. And I think it's also good to, to look at a couple examples of this in the Bible. Um, Hebrews twelve fifteen says, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. And by it, many become defiled. And Jamie, when I think of that, you know, the, the root of bitterness springing up, it's like, you know, we've all done this where we've done gardening and we've tried to get out the, the roots of like blackberries. They're terrible in Oregon, you know, Malama Valley blackberries <laughs> spread far and wide. And just when you think you've gotten all that root system out, you find, oh, there's some more thorns sticking up out of the grass or, uh, you know, along the fence, whatever it might be. and and it's that idea in scripture, that root of bitterness is, is there's something that has been brewing under the surface. Maybe it wasn't visible to people, but you were actually bitter and, and it's sprung up and now it's causing trouble. And, and, and because of that, you're, because of that unwillingness to forgive at the deep heart level, uh, you're, you're defiled. You're, you're, and, and again, he says, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. Because the grace of God, again, is that basis for getting rid of that root of bitterness. We're not going to be able to forgive from the heart, uh, not, not at the deepest level anyway, until we understand just how radically we've been forgiven. Um, sure, we can overlook offenses, and, and people do all the time, but it's going to, in some sense, have control over you. It's going to, it's going to be, that root's still going to be there as long as you are still harboring thoughts about it in a, in an, in an ungodly way, in a sense of, I, I still have not fully given this over to God. I have not fully given this over to, to God to deal with. I, I'm still going to hold on to it. 
that's what that root of bitterness is. And, um, and, you know, again, there's, there's a passage in Mark, the gospel of Mark says, and whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone. Now that means that if you hold, if you hold any, anything against anyone, if there's some way you've been offended by anybody and you're holding that against them so that your father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. And again, the connection between our forgiveness from God is right there. Mark or Jesus in the gospel of Mark is not saying that you earn the father's forgiveness by forgiving others. The idea is that until you recognize the greatness of God's forgiveness of your trespasses, you're going to have this struggle. You're going to have this struggle to forgive those who have wronged you. And, and it's going to affect your prayer life, obviously, because that's the context in Mark 11. It's going to affect your fellowship with God. It's going to affect your, your relationship with the Lord and, and your relationship with others. You know, if you, if you, for instance, if you've been hurt by someone in a romantic relationship, for example, and you harbor that, you hold on to it, you, you don't let that go. Deep down, you're still harboring bitterness about that. That will inevitably affect every relationship you have after that because you didn't get over that first one. Not fully, not really, because you're still harboring that unforgiveness toward that person. And so it's going to affect the way you relate to anybody in the future. And and so that's that's just one example of the importance of forgiveness. It doesn't overlook the wrong being done against you, but it doesn't let that have a controlling influence on how you live. It doesn't stop you from forgiving and loving that person uh, from the heart, which is really, that's, that's what we're called to do. Um, you know, there's no sense in which when we forgive from the heart, there's no sense in which we are guaranteed that there's going to be a reconciled relationship, as we mentioned. But that, that from the heart is what we're called to do from the beginning. Um, because he says, if you, if you stand and pray, like that's, that's something that you're going to be regularly doing. So as soon as you recognize that in yourself, you got to deal with it. Yeah. And I think Jason too, recognizing that some things will be like, I think I did deal with it. And, and I thought, you know, before the Lord, I had a clean conscience. Yeah. I forgave and I I moved on. I wasn't holding it against them. And then it might pop up sometimes. And you're like, oh, I guess I'm not quite done with it, you know. And and so we do recognize some of this is a process before the Lord of like, okay, Lord, I, I honestly thought I had dealt with all of this uh, before you with that person. I forgave them. I moved on from it. And then here I had these thoughts again. And I was upset about it again, you know, or, or that. And, and I think that's more common, you know, when it comes to like real deep hurt. And I think the hinge point, Jason, in a lot of this is being willing to pray for them. Because you notice, I, I think that's the fastest way to know, am I harboring anything at all? Is, am I willing to pray for them? Am I willing to pray that the Lord blesses them? Am I willing to pray for their salvation? Because I think there are times, especially when it's been great evil, right? I know I've had that thought before where I don't want to pray for their salvation. Like I want the Lord to judge them. Uh, I want them to have the full wrath of God. 
because what they did was so heinously evil, right? But think about that. Like, what am I actually saying? Like, I'm literally wanting somebody to spend eternity apart from the Lord. Do I really want that? I don't really want that, right? And and when I honestly sit and think about it, it's like, man, that shows not how bad they are, but it shows how evil my heart is in that moment that I would wish anyone uh, eternal separation from the Lord. And I think that that so often is a great indicator. Am I still harboring some feelings or is there still something there? Because there are literally times, you know, I used to I used to get asked all the time. I grew up in a single in a single fan or a single parent home and I would have people ask all the time, Oh, do you, you know, do you hate your dad? And I would always say, No, I don't I don't hate him. You know, I didn't love him, but I didn't hate him. Like there weren't any real feelings there. And that's what I would always tell people. And and then one day, um, somebody said, well, do you pray for his blessing? And I was like, no, I don't do that. Um, and they're like, all right, do it. And I was like, I don't want to. <laughs> and you realize, like, that was the first time it, it literally, the th- thought had crossed my mind, like recognizing like, wow, as much as I think my original statements were true, right? There really wasn't a lot of hate there. There wasn't love there. It was just more apathy of anything else. But there was some part of me that said, no, I don't want him to be blessed. And it took a while. If I'm being honest with you, it took a while of where the prayer was just simply, Lord, give me a heart that desires to pray for his blessing. Like that was the best I could do in the beginning. Give me a heart that desires to pray for his blessing. And then over time, then I could actually pray, Lord, bless him. Draw him to yourself, right? Bless him, encourage him, build him up. Um, and, And then after a while, it was easy to pray, right? As your heart shifted and you realized, like, I've let go of whatever part of me did not want, you know, that blessing to happen. Uh, and you were able then to to have a, a new feeling uh, for someone. In this case, it was my dad, who I really didn't know all that well. Um and you were able to actually start recognizing, hey, here's a man who had a lot of brokenness in his life. And you actually had sympathy for him for the first time, which was a very big, you know, paradigm going from apathy, right? Like, I don't really know and I don't really care and I don't really feel anything to I don't want to pray for their blessing to recognizing them as uh, a, a person made in the image of God and who was very broken. Uh, and and then you're praying more than just for their blessing, but that, that, that the Lord meets them, right? That they come to a place of wholeness, that they come to a place of growth, that they come to a place of healing in their own life, in their own heart, in their own situation. 
And so, Jason, I think a lot of times just simply that, you know, recognizing what I am and am not willing to pray for them actually will tell me a lot about if I've really forgiven or if there, there's really been movement in a godly direction. Yeah, I think that's that's powerful because, yeah, again, it begins with wanting their best, right? That's that's. When you're, when you're forgiving someone, you're no longer wishing them harm. You're no longer um, assuming that they have to earn forgiveness. Again, some people say it like this, that, you know, if, if, they, if they change their ways, then I'll forgive them. But, again, they're not understanding that forgiveness is not something people deserve. It's not something that you... you um, dole out in in payments for good behavior. That's that's uh, you know that there's another sense in which reconciliation can happen in certain aspects when when someone's showing repentance certainly uh, because you you obviously you're going to want what's best for everyone and that's often the case. But when it comes to forgiveness from the heart, you you don't expect or you're not asking them to deserve it um, because. Forgiveness is about forgiving the unforgivable, forgiving the inexcusable, uh, forgiving the undeserved. That's that's what God did for us. He forgave even though we didn't deserve, uh, we didn't merit his grace, he forgave us. And and so that's the way we have to think about forgiveness is, is it, it's something where certainly we want the person to repent, we want them to change. Uh, and hopefully that does happen as even as we show that attitude of forgiveness toward them, that sometimes can uh, can encourage that repentance to happen. But but to begin with, oh, no, they first must show uh, that they've changed. Otherwise, I'm going to hold this over their head. That's no longer forgiveness. You're talking about something else then. Yeah, it's a good point. And I think, too, in, in terms of another key to thinking through uh, forgiveness is really recognizing the person, right? And seeing what, why, why they are, why they are like they are, right? Uh, that, the you know, you've heard the paradigm a lot, hurt people, hurt people. Um, that's a, that's a pretty common expression in our society today, certainly has been glummed onto by psychologists and whatever, as they're they've really trying to explain away sin, right? And a sin nature, because we want to believe that man is inherently good and we're all good all the time. But I do think there is a lot of truth in that statement that brokenness begots brokenness. And when I recognize that, then it actually does move my heart and attitude towards somebody. Like, yes, they may have hurt me really badly, Absolutely. You know, and that may be something I'm dealing with for days, weeks, or even years after the fact, but also recognize that they were hurt people too. You know, that there were people in their life that messed them up pretty bad as well. And that does, it doesn't make anything okay. It doesn't make sin less sinful. It doesn't make pain less painful, but it does give you a good sense of compassion right? That I can see them as a human. Uh, and it also gives me more to pray for, right? Because I can pray for 
their healing and wholeness as well. And, and I think that goes a long way. Um, but then also recognize that it's not just other people who hurt people, that I also hurt people, right? That I also cause pain, that I also do sinful things, that I also say mean things, that I also, you know, all these things. Not that necessarily I try to do that, but I have a sin nature and I have a selfish nature and I have a thoughtless nature at times, right? A lot of, a lot of things for which I personally end up apologizing to people for are things you say, right? Where you just say things you should not, or you say things in a way you should not, or you say things at a time you should not. Maybe it was true, but that wasn't a great moment or opportunity. And one of my life verses that I think about constantly, or I should say the Holy Spirit brings into my mind constantly, <laughs> is uh, Proverbs ten nineteen, which says, where words are many, sin is ever present, but the wise man keeps their mouth shut. There's a lot of wisdom in that uh, as I realize, you know what? If I had just not said those things, I would not be apologizing to somebody right now. <laughs> yeah, and, and maybe just kind of to wrap it up on forgiveness, I think another thing that people, Christians in particular, are speaking to here, we want to remember is since, it, since forgiveness is objectively based in what God has done for us, and we, and we, we have to keep that in mind, we cannot reduce forgiveness to being uh, to, to the emotions. In other words, we can't reduce it to um, I can't forgive because I don't feel like I'm ready to forgive. Like there's an emotional restraint that keeps me from forgiving. And and the reason why we can't is because our our emotions flounder. They're, they're never going to be a good gauge of how we should respond to different situations. Um, not a perfect gauge anyway, um, how we respond to different situations. They're real, they're there, but what we're talking about is forgiving as an act of the will. And one example of this from history is uh, Corey Ten Boom. She was a Dutch Christian who helped hide Jews from Nazis, and she ended up being found out. She and her, her sister were taken to a concentration camp, and um, at, at a later date, she survived the concentration camp. Um, but at a later date, she went around proclaiming the gospel throughout Germany, went back to the very place where she had, uh, had experienced all these horrors. And, um, and after she spoke on God's forgiveness, this man came up and she recognized him as one of the guards at the concentration campus, this German guy, former Nazi. And he talks about how he had given his life to Christ and found forgiveness in Christ and he said, what a great message, Fraulein, uh, you, you know, that there can be forgiveness even for someone like me. And he held out his hand for her to shake. And there was a moment where she describes in, in the hiding place where everything in her said, no, no, I'm not going to forgive this man. I hate this man. This is the man who beat my sister Betsy with a leather strap. This this is the man, I mean, my sister died in this concentration camp. He was so terrible to all of us. But it was in that moment she also recognized, you know what, 
I have been forgiven of so much. I am a sinner. And, and she said, even though there wasn't anything emotionally that wanted to go through with it, she, she put out her hand and shook this man's hand who had, who had horribly treated her and her sister. And she said, in, in her own words, uh, she said, I forgive you, brother. I cried with all my heart. And then she goes on to say, I had never known God's love so intensely as I did then. So let that just be a reminder. When we behave, when we act in the same way as God did towards us, when we act that way towards others, it's a supernatural thing. It's by the Holy Spirit's power that we can even forgive others in this way. Um, but because of that, we get to experience God's love on a greater level because we're recognizing, I have been forgiven of so much. I can certainly forgive others as Christ has forgiven me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Faith Unpacked podcast. We're so thankful for your time. We hope and pray that these encourage your faith and walk with Jesus Christ. If you'd like to hear past episodes, you can find them on our website at faithunpacked.com. We'd also invite you to subscribe on your favorite podcasting site. If you have any questions, feel free to hit us up on social media, or you can send us an email at faithunpacked at gmail.com. And we invite you back next time as we continue to unpack our faith together.